Welcome back, dear Dividend Investing listener, to, well, if you're not a Dividend Investing listener, if you're just a listener, we're happy to have you. This is the one, the only Dapper Dividends podcast where we're often imitated, never duplicated. We're going to tickle your ears, tickle your toes, tickle your fancy, and baby, get those ear holes ready for us to come into them for a little while here as we're going to talk to you about the greatest sin that a dividend investor can make. And this one's important. This is going to stem off of something that we had go on with Twitter that I've been seeing lately. Twitter's a bit of a cesspool. Uh, I've been talking with my guy, Ryan Williams. He's over there on Blossom. I think they're over up there in Canada in the Great White North, America's hat. That's still something I have to check out. I thought I was going to get to do it earlier in the week, but hey, here in the Chicagoland area, the Midwest United States in late January, we've had some stupidly cold weather. And when things get cold, a lot of mechanical equipment, it's dark early. Everybody's trying to keep everything closed, keep the heat in, and things break when that cold, cold weather. Anyway, you don't, we don't need to go into depth. It's not tool talk. It's not uh, toolbox talk here with Russ, the handyman. No, it's that you need to be aware that I have since Sunday afternoon when I plan on recording this and it's now Wednesday evening I've had 16 hours of overtime it's been crazy so this is coming out a little bit late hey the next podcast after this going to be exciting I'm going to be talking with my man the rock star we're going to keep it in the dark you probably know but we're going to leave it teased at that I have an actual Honest to God, living, breathing rock star that is an investor and loves dividends. So we're going to have a little chat, find out who he is, what he's been investing in, some of his things he's learned and whatever going to share with you. So keep on the lookout for that one. That'll be the podcast after this next one. And we're going to get to news here in a second. But before we do that, I, I just wanted to say one more time, thank you so very much I do have a free newsletter, send it out every Sunday. It's going to always be free and you'll see all of our buys, our sells. You know, I'm still figuring out how it works. I don't know if I want to give the presentation, just something fun, something that I've learned sharing with you, kind of thinking of taking a page from Morgan Housel and keeping it dividend niche focused. But if I find it interesting then I'm going to write about it and assume that other people will find it interesting too. And I think that's the way that we're going to handle the newsletter going forward. So you want, speaking of news, well, I got a little bit of news from you. This is from Simply Save Dividends, right? It's news you can use. They give a little bit of news every day. When something happens, they'll usually increase. I know there's a ton of news. I could make this a three-hour show every day just based on news, but... Just a couple quick uh, news hits right here. Ticker LNT, which is Alliant. They raised their dividend six point. Oh, I'm I'm Russ, by the way. I don't think I introduced myself. Hi, my name is Russ. I'm a welder that has a passion for passive income. Sharing that here with you on this dividend little old channel. So Alliant, which is an uh, electric utility company in Wisconsin and Iowa, raised their dividend 6.1%. That's their 20th consecutive year of dividend increases. Congratulations, Alliant. Dividend safety score of 63 and a yield of 3.88% up in here. Oh, Leggett and Plan, ticker LEG. They got a 
borderline safety score reaffirmation from Simply Safe Dividends. Yeah, Leggett and Platt the other day sold off almost 9% because they announced the restructuring plan. And it's the short of it is it's all around the betting segment. It's not just them, it's Casper, it's what's that one? Sleep Number Select, I think. Something I'll never pay that much money for because it's kind of like, hey, is this a bed or is this a, is this a robot? You know, when this bed, wake me up when I can get a bed and it's going to give me a massage while it makes breakfast for me and just holds the, you know what I'm saying? So either way, I don't, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing out and I'll probably, uh, whatever. <laughs> but Leggett and Platt, so they do home furnishings largely. They have a huge segment, their betting segment, responsible for the bulk of their revenue. And there's just a slowdown, which obviously a lot of people think that a recession is on the way. But we're going to see, hey, some sale, retail sales, they're still up. So I don't know, you all, you're all spending. You're all keeping, <laughs> you're all keeping this recession at bay by, you know, buying all these little trinkets and whatnot you got to buy. But we'll see what happens later in the year. Nobody nobody knows what's going to happen. So Leggett and Platt, you know, that's something interesting that just popped in my head, thinking that there's an opportunity cost. We're down a whole lot. <laughs> I think our cost basis is around $32, $33, and it's right around 23 bucks a share. We're down a lot, and I continue to hold, and I, I'm, I think I know better. It reminds me of... Something Charlie Munger said during one of their early 2000s annual meetings of Berkshire Hathaway. And Charlie says, you have to find something that you can understand and that's the best you have available. So once you've found that best thing, then you have to measure everything against that because that's your opportunity cost. And to him, that's the way that small sums of money should be invested. And for me, do I think there's a better investment other than Leggett and Platt right now? Yes, I do. But I continue to hold. So that's something we're going to continue to wrestle with. And uh, maybe the ghost of Charlie Munger will visit me tonight and can whisper in my ear what I should do and get me... uh, Maybe he can scare me to uh, selling Leggett and Platt. We'll see. I like the company, good management team, but this is a case of something that's out of their control. I mean, if people aren't buying your product or service, I don't care how well of a managed business you are. And this will tie into something we're going to talk about in a second here. But if people aren't buying your product or service for whatever reason, that's going to be bad for the business, and it's only a matter of time before you go out of business. I don't think Leggett and Platt is going out of business, but depending on how deep and wide and long that this uh, <clears throat> recession wants to uh, drill us, then that's going to affect Leggett and Platt. So enough on them. Moving along, right along, ticker NFG was refreshed their outlook for national fuel and gas. They go back to 1821. I really don't know much about them other than this little blurb I'm reading, but they're up there in New York and ticker NFG gas utility dividend yield of 4.07%, dividend safety score of 95, very safe. Fastenal is a business, ticker FAST, that I'm familiar with, not terribly familiar, but we've used them in the past when we've needed parts, fasteners and things, hence the name Fastenal, almost like Fastenal, right? 
get it. You get it. You're smart. That's why you listen to this program. Only the smartest, most beautiful people listen to the Dapper Dividends podcast. That's a fact that I am willing to stake my entire career and reputation on. <laughs> it's, it's like those restaurants, right? When you see some crappy little dive bar in your the town next over and it says, Best Burgers in Podunk, Louisiana. And it's like, oh, it was voted on by all the people that work at this little restaurant in Podunk, Louisiana, right? Uh, anyway, fast and all. They raised their dividend 11%, which is their 26th consecutive annual increase, 2.46% yield, dividend safety score of 81, very safe. And then I never know how to say this name, and people lambaste me for it, but it's ticker OKE, and I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Oniok, O-N-E-O-K, Oniok, One Oak, it's Oniok, it raises their dividend 3.7%, they're an oil and gas storage and transportation business. They've paid uninterrupted dividends for over 30 years. Dividend safety score of 60, borderline safe, and a yield of 5.73%, which is right about in line with their five-year average. So the genesis for tonight's topic. Dude, I loved Sega Genesis. God bless you if you played Sega Genesis back in the day when it came out. Used to go to Funko Land to buy used games because we were poor and uh, only at special occasions would I get a brand new game. Either way, it's fine. Look at me now. Look at me go. So over there on the, the cesspool that is X and, you know, my friend Ryan Williams is on Blossom and that's something I need to check out, but... I haven't been home this week is just, I can't believe how fast it's going. It's, it's just been a S show, but it's an S show. I'm making a lot of money yet. So that's good. But the government, the government going to get, they could, I'd rather pay more in taxes to the government than have to receive from the government because that's on principle. Anyway, so there's an account. I don't think I want to share their name. A lot of you can probably know or go on X, but they were, a dividend account, everything was dividends all day long and twice on Sunday talking about dividends, dividends, dividends. They switched their name and now everything is anti-dividends. And I think what this has to do is it's it's pretty simple. It's become really popular, really in vogue, really niche. I'm probably part of the problem if I'm being honest is there's so many, especially on ex-dividend accounts. If you go to search and type in dividend, you will find no shortage of brand new accounts that are just regular people talking about dividends. So I think this person wanted to grow on X and there's a thing that says, it's a it's a thought process that if you want to make a name for yourself or make noise, you attack something that's really popular and try to create a lot of resentment and stir up, basically, right? That's trolling. So you just want to be like a, a ginormous, you know, the I don't know, trying to think of a troll here. Not the trolley dolls, right? They were, I remember the troll things when I was a kid with the fuzzy hair. Those things were weird. They didn't have any, they were eunuchs. They, they had no pants. I don't even think they had clothes. They had no, their ace, I, I don't even know what you call it. They would blow up. There was nowhere for them. Apparently they didn't eat. They must have lived on air. Apparently the troll dolls, that's why their hair looked like that. And they look crazy. Back to my story about this person. They're cherry picking data and it wanted me, no, the data they were cherry picking, A, reminded me that... You can't be extreme 
in the world. There's shades of gray. There's nuance. And everything is not just black or white, even though black and white thinking can be a real time saver, right? But that's not going to help us improve as human beings. So we don't want to think in black and white. We want to think in nuance and gray and constantly questioning our beliefs, which can be uncomfortable to do that. But either way, this account shared has been sharing the S&P to attack all kinds of dividend companies. They did it recently with, oh, so yeah, on X, a lot of people like to share when it's realty income dividend day. So they waited and said, hey, it's realty income dividend day, but check it out. If you bought the S&P 500 back in 2010, you would be up over 100% on a total return basis. I saw that and thought, okay, why 2010? Oh, because 2010, when you're comparing the S&P 500, which has largely been driven by just a few companies, and when you start at 2010, you're on at the beginning, you're at the starting line of coming out of the great financial crisis, whatever, the GFC, and you had zero interest rate policy, which was insane, having rates at zero free money for almost a decade, which created, whether, you know, honest or not, or warranted or not, the largest and longest bull market in history, plus, again, driven by the tech boom. The SPY, the S&P 500, has been a good place to be. So I saw that, and I had to share a chart. And I took the same chart, but instead of 2010, I went back six years to 2004. And wouldn't you know it, realty income was up about 200% over SPY. And this person didn't like it, of course. They... You know, they said, well, why'd you do it in 2004? It's cherry picking. And I said, absolutely, it's cherry picking. 100% cherry icon, chart icon. It's cherry picking data. And I'm trying to show that you can lie with numbers and you can pull out almost any kind of facts you need to support the your narrative, whatever you want it to say. And, you know, it's kind of like Warren said. I mean, you're neither, you're not right or wrong just because people agree or disagree with you. You're going to be right. I think Ben Graham, this was a, a thing Ben Graham had said way back when, you're you're going to be right because your facts and your reasons are right. So we need to try to make sure we have the correct facts. And once we have the facts, we got to think them through. And I know Warren, because I've been listening, he thinks that the best thing is to figure out what's important and knowable. And you don't find that out by taking a public opinion survey or poll. What others are doing means nothing because the market is there to serve you and not to instruct you. Either way, I wanted to use this as a good opportunity to tell you the number one sin that you could commit as a dividend investor. And that is going to be a commercial coming at you right here, right now. I hope you enjoy it. Take a minute, space out. If you're driving, focus on the road. We'll be right back after a word from these sponsors. Uh, did you like the commercials? We're back now on the Dapper Dividends podcast. I told you, we get a little goofy here, but you know it's not goofy. It's my personality turned up to 11. Yes, we go past 10, we go to 11, and I enjoy it. I enjoy just sharing things with you in my own special way. Yeah, maybe we could underline italics and highlight the word special, but you know, hey, that's that's to be seen. But the number one thing then here is to not buy the dividend yield. Repeat it, say it out loud with me. Are you ready? 
I will not just buy the dividend yield. Beat that in your head, metaphorically, not literally, because if you're standing in line over there at the Piggly Wiggly and you start pounding on your head, some men in white coats after the police are done with you are probably going to take you somewhere where it's going to be a little bit difficult to invest. So just say it and it'll sink in. You don't have to beat that into your head like a lunatic, but <laughs> maybe people give you money and you say you need help. I don't know. Try it out. Let me know what happens when beating yourself in the head in the supermarket <laughs> and say, I will not buy the dividend <laughs> just over and over when you buy the cream corn and the peas. Anyway, uh, don't, don't just buy the dividend yield. You've got to buy the business. Buy the underlying business because it's the business that pays the dividend yield. It sounds very obvious and simple. But it's not, especially if you're a newer investor and you can really want to chase those dividend yields. But I think the best way to get a high yield is to buy an amazing, incredible business, one that you think you understand, right? I mean, look for look look for spots that you can be smart in and stay around those spots. And again, with with Charlie, I mean, I think he says you have to know your circle of competence. And if you don't know the edge of your competency, then you don't know your circle. Just find something that you think is going to be a great business and it's a strong business for many years to come. We do that by focusing on the numbers, right? Focus on the numbers and not the story. There's tons of story stocks out there. I remember Beyond Meat. I almost bought Beyond Meat. What a great story. Turned out to be garbage. Turned out people don't want to eat something that's fake food that's sodium laden bad for you and it's just it's bad. thankfully i didn't focus on the numbers just remember the numbers the numbers the numbers because we're buying businesses here we're buying businesses that happen to pay a dividend and hopefully it will pay a dividend that will keep growing so here's my mistake and it's okay because if you don't know you're going to be likely to follow the herd so Ignorant people, people that don't have knowledge, think that the herd is right. And again, like Warren said, you just because people agree with you, if everybody thinks, well, we all agree with each other, that does, you know, it's a big circle jerk. It doesn't mean you're all right. So if you don't know, chances are your inclination is going to want to be to follow the herd like mine was way back in the fall of 2018 when I first started getting into dividend investing and learning about how to do this whole thing. So here's the mistake I made. And I remember looking at businesses like Costco and Visa and saying, dude, those yields are under 1% or so. Those yields are small. I need a, I need a microscope to be able to see those yields. But all the dividend investing community, well, I would say all, a large amount, everybody loved AT&T and Verizon. It was almost like, if you're a dividend investor and you're serious, you've got to hold AT&T and Verizon. Now, had I thought about buying the business, I would have realized that the telecom businesses, and I understand you can't just compare blank, blindly to Costco and Visa, but just, just go with me here. The point is, is that I was looking at dividend yields and not buying the business. And had I known, very capital intensive businesses are both AT&T and Verizon, a lot of competition, and things change pretty quickly around there. And when things change like 5G or 4G or 3G 
or broadband or streaming, you know, fiber, all these things, the C-band spectrum, things change. They have to dump a lot of money into it. And that takes a hit on the business and being able to grow the business. It's, it's almost like treading water. So I went back to Halloween. I love Halloween, my favorite holiday. Halloween of 2018, just as a reference point, just over five years ago. Had you bought AT&T, which I did, as of right now, you have a total return of 0.22% with a yield on cost of 4.82%, which now their dividend yield is higher than that. So you could have just waited, bought in cheaper, and got a higher dividend yield. Bad business. Well, not bad, but it's just the nature of the business. Then I also had bought Verizon just over five years. Verizon, ticker VZ, down 9.90%, about 10%. Congratulations on a total return basis, and your dividend yield would have been 4.70%. So the ones I ignored, how did those do? Let's see, five years ago, Visa. Visa is up 99.44%. And you would have a yield on cost of 1.49% currently. So that was not a good move on my part. (laughs) Yes, the yield would have been smaller than currently T is yield on cost. But dude, 99% return, just call it 100% return versus a 0.22, not even a 1% return. You see that and it's like, yeah, you could take that 4.82% yield and shove it. (laughs) Give me the 100% return. Uh, Anyway, and the S&P 500 for reference here was about a 75, 76% return. But then the big one, because it had a small yield, even though I knew lots of people that went to Costco, even though I wasn't a shopper there yet, has gone up 226.39% since Halloween of 2018. And you would have a yield on cost had you bought and held of 2.57% on those shares that you would have bought on your, you know, getting ready, getting your Beetlejuice makeup ready for Halloween then back in 2018 or your Walking Dead. That was all the rage back then. But now what if we go back further 10 years, right? That was just over five years. 10 years, a little bit better. AT&T, nice job. 17.51% total return, so not even 18%, with a yield on cost of 4.40%. You see how that works? You see how much garbage that is? That's junk, people. That's junk. <laughs> that if you bought AT&T 10 years ago, your yield on cost would be 4.40%. But had you bought five years ago, it would be 4.82%. <laughs> and had you bought... Just recently, it would be well over 5%. I didn't pull it up, but that tells you this is not a very good business and the share price keeps going down because the longer you wait, the higher yield on cost you could get. Where with a business like Costco or Visa, it's flipped. The longer you hold, the higher your yield on cost on those starting shares of when you bought, like it's supposed to be. But going back to Verizon, after 10 years, total return of 34.35%, a little bit better. Your yield on cost, 5.58%. So that is one where your yield on cost is actually a little bit higher because they haven't done any dividend cutting or anything like that. Then we get to... The baseline, S&P 500, 166.22%. So just think, 166% if you would have just dumped money into S&P 500. Visa, 
after 10 years, up 388% with a yield and cost of 3.58%. And right now, if I would have seen, if I would see Visa with a 3.58% yield on cost, I would probably start an OnlyFans account to go ahead and get uh, more money to buy as much Visa as I could buy at that yield on cost, considering that they're not going out of business or anything rocky like that. We're not starting any OnlyFans accounts. Maybe if we saw Costco at this though. So here's Costco, last one. 10 year total return for Costco, 653% with a yield on cost of 4.10%. I would start an OnlyFans account. I'd make my wife start an OnlyFans account to get as much money as we could to buy Costco at a 4% yield on cost. That would be crazy. So it just goes to show you, buy the businesses, buy the great businesses. And those are two easy ones to understand, right? Visa and Costco. It's being smart in spots and staying around those spots. We can easily understand those businesses. And one last thing Warren had said about Intel, even though he knew Andy Grove, he knew all the people that were on the inside at Intel, is he just thought that he couldn't predict where the business was going to be five years out. And on top of that, he thought many people in the business also didn't know where the business was going to be five years out. And... That's just really important. That's just so cool to hear and to really give you something to think about. And I hope you'll think about it. And hey, uh, my God, I wasn't going to do 30 minutes, but look at that. This guy's gums start flapping. He starts jabber John, And the next thing you know, we're almost at 30 minutes and your ear holes are just full. Your ear holes are like, I need a break. Give me, give me a break from this guy's voice, please. So we're going to do that for your ear holes. Their wish is my command. And I want to encourage you to let me know what you think on X. Eh, I pop in once or twice a day if, I, if I'm if i not too busy. You know, it's uh, I don't live on X. I have so many other things going. And I hope you do too. And I hope you will just come back for another episode. Oh, and leave a review. I, damn it, I haven't checked it in a while. I'll remember to check it for two podcasts from now because of our Rockstar friend that'll be on the next one. So thank you so very much in all due respect and honesty for... Dude, you have a lot of places you could be and you chose to be with me for just a little while. I'm clean. I wash. Don't worry about it. I've been tested. And I hope you come back next time. So long, everybody.